So friends, the wicked Haman has tricked King Xerxes into issuing a royal edict to kill the Jewish people, not just to punish Mordecai. And so Mordecai, when he gets word that this edict has been pronounced, he's horrified. And he knows really the only hope for his people, not just for himself, but for his people, is that if he can get word to the queen, his cousin, the orphan girl, uh, the broken yet chosen one, Hannah, if he can get word to her, there might be hope for his people. Keep in mind, Queen Esther has not revealed that she is even Jewish. Mordecai did not want her to reveal that when she became queen because they were despised in this area at this time. And so Haman has his plot in place and Mordecai is getting word to Queen Esther. And this is the second reading Esther chapter 4, verses 10 through 17. For those of you who are able, would you please stand and honor the reading of Holy Scripture and the proclamation of the Gospel. And listen now for the word of the Lord. In reply, Esther ordered Hathach, and Hathach is a messenger between Queen Esther and Mordecai. She ordered Hathach to tell Mordecai, all the king's officials and the people in his provinces know that there's a single law in a case like this. Any man or woman who comes to the king in the inner courtyard without being called is to be put to death. Only the person to whom the king holds out the gold scepter may live. In my case, I haven't been called to come to the king for the past 30 days. When they told Mordecai Esther's words, he had them respond to Esther. Don't think for one minute that unlike all the other Jews, you'll come out of this alive simply because you were in the palace. In fact, if you don't speak up at this very important time, relief and rescue will appear for the Jews from another place, but you and your family will die. But who knows? Maybe it was for such a time as this that you came to be a part of the royal family. Esther sent back word to Mordecai. Go and gather all the Jews who are in Susa and tell them to fast to give up eating to help me be brave. They aren't to eat or drink anything for three whole days, and I myself will do the same, along with my female servants. Then, even though it's against the law, I will go to the king. And if I am to die, then die I will. So Mordecai left where he was and did exactly what Esther had ordered him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. So Queen Esther risked her life 
She knows the punishment for anyone who would approach the king without being summoned. I hope you'll read the rest of Esther's story. We can't cover it all today. I do want to show you just one other image just to pique your interest. It's actually one of my favorite images from the story. This is the evil Haman. And you'll have to read the story to find out why is it that he is leading a parade for Mordecai. That's Mordecai on the horse. And he is leading a parade for Mordecai, a parade that he thought was going to be for him. So read about that. Also, Haman erects the gallows that he thinks he is going to execute Mordecai on. And in the end, he is the one upon which the gallows Power, purpose, Purim. I think it would be hard, almost unimaginable for us to really get our minds around the boldness and the courage that it took for Esther to approach the king. We live in such a different time where we acknowledge and we try to live out the fact that men and women are equal and they have power and inherent worth and dignity. But in this day and time, she could have been killed and she had a decision to make whether she would disobey what she knew was a law to approach the king without being summoned. She had to give up her position and to consider the sacrifices that she was going to make, to sacrifice her newfound status and power in the Persian kingdom. Anything, think about it, anything and everything she could possibly want was hers. The best clothes, the best jewelry, the best food, servants, anything, everything was at her disposal. Things she had never dreamed that she could possibly have in her life. She was powerful and she was influential. And what Mordecai was asking her to do was to go and sacrifice all of that for her people. For people who did not at that time have any power they had no voice. They had no one with any backbone who would stand up and say, this is wrong. And so the story of Queen Esther here, it's a story that gives us the question that all of us face. It's the question of what will we do with the power that we have been given? How will we use our power in this world? Now, some of you are sitting there, you're thinking, I don't have a preacher, I don't have a lot of power. I'm just this or I'm just that. I'm looking out at a people in this congregation here in our State Street Church family. I see you in the paper. And not just on the page where it lists the arrest and those kinds of things. Not that. I see you on the front page. I see you in magazines. You are a influential 
people. We have folks that are in education and law and medicine and construction, literally building this community. You have power and you don't ever need to shy away from that. There's nothing wrong with power. The question is, what is the purpose of it? I don't shy away from the fact I am a white American male, reasonably well-dressed most of the time, reasonably well-educated. Reasonably well-educated. <laughs> I have everything I need. Doors. I'm a clergy person. Doors. Wherever I go in the world, and I've been a few places in the world, wherever I go in the world, doors automatically open for me. So we, we have to ask ourselves, what is the purpose of this power that we've been given. Esther had none, and now she has it all. What will she do with it? What is the purpose of the power we've been given? Purim is the 4th of July for the Jewish people. Purim is the festival that celebrates and commemorates the story of Esther. And if you ever go to a Jewish synagogue during Purim, they will read the entire story of Queen Esther. And it's a story that reminds them of their deliverance, that God delivered them through this obscure, broken, orphan girl in exile in the Persian Empire. She helps deliver them. If George Washington were Jewish and female, that's Esther. She is the liberator for her people at the, the final attempt in the Old Testament to squelch the people of God. And it's Esther who rises up and uses the power that she was given. I want to suggest to you that the purpose of power for people of faith, the purpose of our power is to use our power, our influence, our resources, and don't act like you don't have any. Look at this beautiful church. What will we do to empower people who feel like or even in reality have no power in this community or in our world? That's what Queen Esther does. She uses her power, the purpose of her power, she seizes it, not for herself, but to make her people to be able to be lifted up, those who had no power. You may know this, that in, uh, in the book of Esther, it's unique because there's a word that is not used in the entire book. It's the only book in the whole Bible that doesn't ever use this word. You know what the word is? The word is God. God is not mentioned in the entire book of Esther. Why? Well, the short answer is uh, uh, we really don't know. Now, if you want my take on it, I think. I can't prove this. You can disagree with it. I reserve the right to be wrong all the time. 
But my take on it is that God, the book, the writer of this story wants us to understand that whether God's name is mentioned, whether it's got the WWJD bracelet on it or anything, God is at work whether God's name is mentioned. God is working behind the scenes all the time. God is using people that I don't even think people realize God is using to make the world the way God wants it to be. The word God, you will not find it in the book of Esther. But make no mistake, Esther is an instrument of God. And Mordecai is an instrument of God. And she can use her power or not use it for the purpose that God, I think, gives all people of faith power to improve the world around us. I want to thank this church because this church... In so many ways, you claim the power that Esther claimed. You use your Queen Esther power in so many ways. And sometimes we notice, sometimes we don't. Some of you this morning, while the rest of us in between services was getting a donut here in the office, some of you were at Faith Church this morning. And you were feeding refugee children. You were taking them breakfast. Who went this morning? You, you went and, and you fed breakfast to some children and you encouraged some families. And make no mistake about it, these people have little, if any, power. In Bowling Green, Kentucky, or in our nation. And yet you use your power, your resources, to encourage and to lift. Some of you during Sunday school, you were downstairs. How many of you, some of you fixed Salvation Army lunches? How, how many, who's that? Or did y'all leave? Did y'all stay for church? What's, <laughs> Donna, how many lunches did y'all fix? 75. 75 lunches that have gone to the Salvation Army today. People who are homeless, people who, and it's hard for us to imagine, I can go eat lunch anywhere I want in Bowling Green, today, after this service, anywhere I want. And somebody will probably hold the door open for me. And if I'm lucky, somebody might pick up the tab. They have no power. They have no influence. They're invisible, and most of us want them invisible. But you took them lunch today, and you do that every month. Some of you are in a quilting group in a room right next to my office over at Grace Place. I've got these stacks of boxes. Marion said, take these stacks of boxes down and put them in the room. What's in the boxes? In the boxes are material, sewing material, quilting material that her mother is getting rid of. And she heard that someone like Judy, Judy Wilson, aren't you in that quilting group? They have a quilting group and all this material is going to go to this quilting group and they make quilts for courageous kids in Scottsville. You know what courageous kids is? It's the place where kids who have cancer, I mean, you shouldn't have those two words in the same sentence. And they make quilts because every child, as helpless and as powerless as that child and their family might feel, they are given something 
as a way to encourage and to lift. What are we going to do with the power God gives us? The influence we have. The privileges that we enjoy. Les, is Sophia still there? Sophia, you're not afraid of me, are you? Come up here. How old are you, Sophia? Sophia just turned eight. Stand up here. You stand up here. You'd be about as tall as I am. Sophia Franklin just turned eight years old. When was your birthday? June 23rd. She was eight years old. Anybody remember eight years old? Eight years old. Uh, how much power do you think an eight-year-old little girl has? Les will tell you a whole lot. <laughs> Complete and utter, right? But if you just ask the average person, what's an eight-year-old little girl? What power do they have? You know what Sophia did on her birthday? You want to tell them or you want me to tell them? You want to tell them? Tell them. Say it better than I can. This is what she did this year on her birthday. So, um, for the Christmas boxes, instead of getting presents, I uh, did stuff for the Christmas boxes, and we almost filled up a whole tub. Did y'all catch that? <laughs> Our church is preparing Christmas shoe boxes. Uh, we're, we got a better purpose than Kyle had. Shoe boxes aren't just for shoes, are they? They can be for toys that go to missionaries all over the world for children who do not have them. So Sophia, Esther, that might be my nickname for you, Queen Esther, you need to realize that you use the power God gave you to do something to help kids who have little or no power in the world. And we're proud of you. Aren't you proud of her? You can go back to where your dad is. So what's it going to be? Don't tell me you don't have any power. Don't tell me you don't have any influence. Don't tell me you don't have any resources. The question is, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do? Are you going to be bold and courageous like Queen Esther and to use it for God-given purposes to lift those in the world that need lifting? Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank You and we praise You for the gift of Your Holy Word, for stories that continue to inspire us and to challenge us to be better, to inspire and to challenge us to be the people that You're calling us to be, just as You called Mordecai and Esther. Oh God, You know how brave we are, you know how cowardly we can be. And so we need you to give us that extra measure of courage and boldness to speak up and to speak out, to use what you have blessed us with 
in ways that lift others in our world, right here in Bowling Green and beyond. I thank you so much for how so many people in this church are doing that very thing week in and week out. Give us a vision for new ways to do that. Help us never to grow weary in our well-doing for you. Help us never to grow weary in using the power that you have given us for those who have none. In the name of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior, He is our brother and He is our friend. All God's courageous, bold, Queen Esther people did say, Amen.